0: One of the main purposes of the communion service is to focus our attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is absolutely essential that we as a church, we as Christians, keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus. We are instructed in Scripture to observe the Lord's Supper as often as we do it in remembrance of Him to show His death until he comes back again and in remembering jesus it is especially necessary to remain aware of who he is and uh, one of the best ways to do that is to pay some attention to what he has said about himself in revelation chapter one i direct your attention to three verses In verse 8, Jesus is speaking, and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. In verse 11, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in the book and send to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And in verse 17, it says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, and the first and the last. Of course, Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet, the A and, the equivalent of A and Z in our English alphabet, and the implication of Jesus' statements about himself is that he's all we need from A to Z and everything else when it comes to communicating. The 26 letters of our alphabet are all we need. They're the basis of, of every word, every phrase, every paragraph, every book. They're all based on those same 26 letters from A to Z. Even a 30-volume encyclopedia is made up of those 26 letters arranged in, in various ways to convey information. Our spoken communication is based upon those, the sounds that correspond to each of those letters and uh, these statements of jesus represent claims of eternal deity and they also involve the thought of jesus being our full sufficiency he is all that we need a relationship with him is all that we need jesus is the atonement for our sin he is the bread of life he's the chief cornerstone he's the door to heaven and access to god he is the he is the eternal creator he is the friend of sinners he's the good shepherd he is the holy one of israel he's the infinite savior he is jesus who came to save his people from their sins he's the king of kings he is the light of the world he's the messiah he's the never forsaking helper he's omnipotent omniscient omnipresent he's the perfect sacrifice for our sins he is the quieter of troubled hearts. He's the redeemer. He's the sovereign savior. He's the true vine. He's the universal ruler. He's the victor over sin and death and the grave. He is the wonderful counselor. He's the exalted one. He is the yoke mate of his people. And he is the zenith of God's majestic plan of salvation. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end he's the a to z he's all that we need and our goal this morning is to focus our attention upon the lord jesus christ and we find that when he claims to be alpha and omega that has implications as far as his eternal existence it has implications for the bible for all of history for the church and for our individual lives as believers we find that first of all that the uh, this statement has a a great implication for jesus eternal existence that's the main thrust of what's being emphasized in these verses in romans in revelation chapter one and uh, we find that it has to do with his existence Uh, we find that in the beginning of creation jesus was there Uh, We find that uh, this is in harmony with all of God's revelation. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it tells us that, that through Him, everything that was made was made. And without Him, nothing has come into existence. When this present order of things passes away, Jesus will still be there. And right now, it is through Jesus Christ that all things consist, all things hold together. According to Colossians chapter 1, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him and he is before all things and in him all things consist and he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence jesus is the eternal eternal god and we are thankful for that in him all things hold together we find this also has implications for the bible Uh, jesus is the focus at the beginning of the book of revelation says the beginning god created the heavens and the earth we're told that's jesus he's the word and through the word everything was created nothing came into being without him we also find that a little later on in the creation passage we find a discussion among the members of the triune godhead let us make man in our image And one of those members of the triune Godhead was the Lord Jesus. And we find him showing up right in the very beginning of the Bible there. On page 1, chapter 1, verse 1, Jesus is there. You can't read the Bible very far without bumping into the Lord Jesus Christ. We also find in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, starting in verse 16, says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you, that these things in the churches, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride, say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part. From the tree of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book and he testifies to these as these things says surely I am coming quickly John's response amen even so come Lord Jesus the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all Christ is there in Genesis Christ is there at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation and he is the theme of all Scripture we find in John chapter 5, he tells the, the, the Pharisees, he says, you search the scriptures, thinking that in them you're going to find life. They are what speak of, of me. In Luke 24, we're told that he go, takes the disciples on the Emmaus road after his resurrection and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he showed them the things concerning himself. If you're reading the Bible and you're not seeing Jesus, you're missing something. It's all pointing to him. It's all directing to the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the the theme of the Bible. He's the Alpha and the Omega of the Bible. This also has something to say about history. Jesus stands at the center of history. Even our our means of dating things. Uh, B.C. is what? Before Christ. A.D. is year of our Lord course you got people want to change that today they don't like that and so they they now want to go with bce which is before the current era and then the current era my question is what begins the current era it's the coming of the lord jesus christ so you can't get away from him no matter what you do all history revolves around him history is his story and the, the rise and fall of empires was predicted by him and prepared the way for his incarnation. The Greek empire came onto the scene, and, and we find that it prepared the time when the, the Greek language would be widely known throughout the Mediterranean world, and it's not an accident that our New Testament is written originally in the Greek language because it had a very wide acceptance and wide dispersal at that time. Later on the Romans came on the scene and uh, through the Romans they, you had a uh, kind of a, a great road system they put in so they could move their armies from one part of the empire to another and they also imposed a, a uh, peace by force basically and made for a world in which Paul and the other apostles could, could travel around relatively safely and, and preach the gospel all over the Mediterranean world. God, God's in control of history. Jesus is control, in all control of history. And, and it's all working towards him coming into this world. And, and when it comes to Israel, the land of Jesus' birth, and the, the land to which he's going to come and, and where he's going to sit on the throne and then stretch out his rule over all of the earth, that, that, that land of Israel is the focal point of world attention today. It's hard to pick up a newspaper or, or check out a news thing on the Internet or listen to a newscast without hearing something about, about Israel, something about Benjamin Netanyahu, something about what's happening in that little, little country about the size of New Jersey. It's really an amazing thing. Why is that? It's because Jesus is the center of history. And he's also, in, in, in regards to that, basically the center of geography we find that all of history revolves around he's the center the preeminent one the head of the church the uh, universal church jesus is the foundation and cornerstone of the church it's his church in matthew 16 18 jesus said i will build my church on peter's testimony to his deity uh, he says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We talk about the universal church. We're talking about uh, all true believers. The moment you trust Christ as Savior, you become part of the universal church. It's the the church made up of people and, and believers from all languages, all nations, all places. And it started on the day of Pentecost, and it will continue until the day of the rapture of the church. Jesus gave birth to the church on Pentecost, and he'll bring it to its culmination on the day of the rapture when he takes us out of this world to be with him in glory. The the, the universal church is Christ's church, and it's all about him. Local churches are, are visible manifestations in particular areas of the universal church. And in Revelation chapter 1, we see the Lord Jesus is walking among seven lampstands. That are pictures of seven local churches. And then he turns around and the, the whole uh, book of Revelation basically is written to these seven churches. He has letters that he writes to the individual churches. But, but the whole book basically is for the seven local churches. He's seen in the midst of his churches where he is looking after them and so it's important that we recognize that Christ is the the focal point of the local church and he needs to be at the focal point of any particular local church and uh, today in all we do Christ must have the preeminence and we must do all to his honor and to his glory and in order for that to be a reality we find that Christ needs to be at the center of of our individual lives we will only have a christ-centered church when we have christ-centered lives as individual believers how important it is to recognize that very fact christ needs to be uh, we need to be christ-centered in our beliefs uh, our, our doctrinal statements of what we believe need to focus on the person and the deity and the salvation that was purchased for us by the lord jesus christ our our behavior needs to be christ-centered as as well and our attitudes need to be christ-centered also and when we say christ-centered let me let me give you an equivalent term to the term christ-centered christ-like christ-like if we are living christ-centered lives then we're like jesus we're striving to be like jesus we uh, have the loving attitude that he does we're looking to please him in all that we say in all that that we do and oh how crucial that that is that we be christ-like and i pray that even as we uh, gather about the lord's table this morning and observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, where we will partake of the bread that represents His body that was nailed on the cross at Calvary, and we drink the grape juice that's a symbol of His blood that was shed for our sins on the cross at Calvary. That we will do as, as we are instructed, even in 1 Corinthians 11, and examine ourselves. And the area I think it'd be good for us to examine ourselves today is. How am I doing in this matter of being Christ-centered? How am I doing in this matter of being Christ-like? How's it showing up in my family? How's that showing up in, in, in with around the people that I work with or the people that I go to school with? Are people seeing the fruit of the Spirit, which are Christ-like qualities in me? Is that what's showing up? Am I Christ-like? So many times we, we tend to think that spiritual maturity is how much Bible we know, how many verses we can recite. Well, I'll tell you what, it has to do more with it, the impact that the Bible has on our hearts and lives in making us like Jesus Christ, where we have that same kind of love for others that Christ has. We have that same kind of a, a passion for the gospel to see lost sinners come to know Christ as Savior, to see people growing and developing and, and becoming, others becoming more like Jesus Christ. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is, he is all we need. All of our sufficiency is found in Him. And when we're fighting our sufficiency in Him, He molds us and He shapes us and He makes us like Him. It's a wonderful thing to have a Christ-like wife. Amen? Come on, guys. Here's your opportunity to get one point. It's a wonderful thing to have a Christ-like wife. Amen? That's much better. It's a wonderful thing to have a husband who's behaving to you in a Christ-like fashion. Okay, ladies? Amen. All right. It's a wonderful thing to have a family where the members of that family are Christ-like. It's a wonderful thing to be in a church where we're striving to be Christ-like. We're never quite totally identical to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to talk a little bit more tonight about spiritual maturity and the moving towards maturity, what maturity is and how we can move towards it and what it looks like when it's showing up in our lives but it it centers in this matter of being christ-like we want to have an impact in this community we want to have an impact in this community we go out and look like jesus christ to the people that we rub elbows with we be christ-like to the the neighbors that we have the people we work with the, the 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 clerk in the store where you go buy something and the the clerk's not taking care of you the way you think they should, what do you do? You act like Jesus. You be like Jesus. I had that phrase a while back, what would Jesus do? You know what, that's not out of date. That's still a good question for us to ask ourselves. Somebody gives you a rough time, somebody disappoints you, how do you handle it? What would Jesus do? How would he handle it? what kind of qualities would show up in my life so my prayer is today as we gather about the lord's table let's focus on jesus what's he like what's he like how's he how's he acted towards you what's he done in your life what's he done in drawing you to himself and and giving you eternal life and and how you doing how you doing in this matter of being like the lord jesus christ and my prayer is if. If God brings to your mind some areas where you've fallen short, that you'll repent of that. Because you know what? That's sin. And you'll ask God to help change you in regards to that. And maybe there's some people you need to go and say you're sorry to because you've not treated them in a very Christ-like fashion. Christian life is all about being Christ-like. And you can't be Christ-like until you come to know Christ as your Savior. Recognizing we're sinners in need of a Savior, and that Jesus is that Savior, and he gave himself on the cross so that we could be forgiven, we could have the gift of eternal life, and we could spend all of eternity with him in glory. Father, help us as we gather about the Lord's table here. And we focus our attention on our Savior, your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and Father, I pray that we might examine ourselves. And Father, I pray you help us to especially take a, a look at ourselves as to whether we are being consistently Christ-like, Christ-centered in the way that we live our lives, do our jobs, handle schoolwork, uh, get along with our neighbors, serve in, in the local church. Father, are we are we Christ-like? And if there are areas where we're failing, that I pray, Lord, that you would bring them to our attention, that we might deal with them, and take care of it as you would have us to do. Father, we pray that uh, above all that during this time, Jesus would have the preeminence. We ask it in His name. Amen. I'd like to sing. To-